women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. What a special day today is. And it's so wonderful that we can be together to explore and to access the incredible power of this special day. Today is Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh means the head of the month. Every month is special. Every day is special. Every minute, every hour, each a divine creation. And there are many days of Rosh Chodesh. There are many firsts of the month that really are special. And we know that Rosh Hashanah will be the first of the month. And of course, what could be more special? And we know that there are special days where historically amazing things happened, like the first of Sivan, when the Jews came to Sinai, like the first of Shvat, when Moshe Rabbeinu began to speak his final address to the people. This day, this Rosh Chodesh, in a sense, surpasses them all. Because this day is connected, points out, underlines, strengthens the very reason, as it were, for creation and empowers us to access, focus on, and actually be helped to step into our mission in life, supported and focused in a most wonderful way. What is so special about this Rosh Chodesh? When we say Chodesh Elul, so many people feel it's a scary time. It's just a month to Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is known as the Yom Hadin, the Day of Judgment, when each one of us will stand in judgment before the King of Kings, when all of the deeds, all the angels created by everything that we did, positive and God forbid the opposite, will come and be witnesses, give testimony to what actually happened, the chances we had, the opportunities we had, what we availed ourselves of, the things that we were thinking, the things that we transgressed in, accidentally or God forbid intentionally. And one can feel overawed, one can feel scared, one can feel that the days of dread have arrived. And Hasidus comes to tell us from a totally different perspective how we can tap into the power of these days. What is so special about the month of Elul? We did mention last week that when Elul comes, the gates of mercy, the gates of Rachamim, of the 13 attributes of Rachamim are flung open in heaven. That's incredible. So there's an energy of mercy in the world. And they only close after Ne'ilah, the fifth prayer on Yom Kippur, which is called Ne'ilah, closing. What's closing? The gates of Rachamim are closing. And now we enter, we begin 40 days of Rachamim, compassion. 
forgiveness. What makes today so special? Firstly, it's the beginning of the month, but instead of being called Tchilata Chodesh, beginning of the month, it's called Rosh Chodesh, the head of the month. And just as the head contains the brain, which is the body in miniature, just as the head contains everything and directs the body as it were, and a healthy brain is a healthy body and so on, with a healthy nervous system, with healthy connections, so too. This day contains the entire month of Elul in miniature. And because it launches the 40 days, actually they were launched yesterday, because Rosh Chodesh is actually 48 hours, two days of Rosh Chodesh, we are in a powerful time now, which in a sense also contains every single day of the month of Elul. And because Elul is a preparation for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, in a sense, we have access to all of that. In which way? In the way of beautiful potential to work with ourselves together with Hashem helping us in every normal, as it were, natural aspect of our lives. It's not Rosh Hashanah where certain things have to be done and may not be done. Rosh Hashanah being the day of great holiness, a day when we need to hear the shaifer, a day when we cannot do certain work, a day when certain prayers need to be said. It's not Yom Kippur where we're fasting. Elul is a month where we go about our normal, as it were, daily activities. We go to work, we stay home in Zoom, we cook, we have all the ordinary daily chores. But the difference is that there's incredible, incredible potential here for connection, connection with Hashem. (laughs) So what we're going to speak about is how does Hashem help us in this month? How can we access these 13 attributes of mercy? How can we attribute How can we access this incredible element of graciousness that exists in the world? We've often spoken about the three sets of 40. Moshe Rabbeinu was up on the mountain three times each time for a set of 40 days and 40 nights. And the first set, of course, was from Shavuot until that fateful day when the golden calf was constructed. And those days really were days of such warmth, closeness, romance, as it were. The relationship was new. On behalf of the people, he was studying the entire Torah from Hashem himself. What a teacher. And then after the golden calf, the Egel Hazahav, was constructed, great pain great loss, great tragedy. The first tablets were shattered. And after spending one day with the people judging them, Moshe went back up on the mountain, spent another 40 days. And during those 40 days, it was 
days of really not knowing what was going to happen. Was Hashem going to, God forbid, break his contract, consider his contract null and void, no longer want the Jewish people as his nation who would carry out his desire to make this world a dwelling place, a palace for him. And for 40 days and 40 nights, it was a difficult time. On the 29th day of the month of Av, the 40 days finished, Moshe came down and he checked on the people. And the next day, corresponding to yesterday, the 30th day of Av, which we call the first day of Rosh Chodesh Elul, he went back up. Hashem had agreed. But now it was a time of how. A time of seeing that the people really care. Were the people really not only going to regret, but to resolve. And these 40 days have become this incredible period of time. Mirroring the last 40 days that Moshe was up on the mountain, beginning with Rosh Chodesh Elul and culminating on Yom Kippur when he came down with the wonderful news that Hashem had forgiven them and bringing the second tablets, the second set which were never broken and never lost and exist. And the relationship moved forward, but on a different footing. What changed? Whereas the first 40 were a time, as it were, of trust, romance, naivete almost. This set of 40 days are about taking responsibility. These 40 days are recognizing, yes, we can make mistakes. And learning from the past. But not only sitting in our regrets, but actually moving forward moving forward in an incredible way, in a mature way, in a way of taking responsibility. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker, and here we are on High FM. And candlelighting time is becoming later and later, inching later. It's not inching back, it's inching forward, 10.33. And there's something special about this Erev Shabbos for Jewish women. I don't know how many of you remember the late Dawn Nates. Dawn Nates was active in the Jewish community for many, many years. And she came up with a wonderful project that in the month of Elul, she would proclaim, as it were, a special Jewish Women's National Day of Prayer. She initiated it in 1995, requesting all Jewish women throughout South Africa then, but now it's gone international, to set aside a few minutes on Erev Shabbos in the month of Elul, the first Erev Shabbos of Elul. So it's going to happen tonight. Friday, 21st of August, the first of Elul, 5780. We'll be lighting candles in Joburg at 533, so perhaps five minutes earlier. It's in Cape Town as well, where they're lighting at 603, in Durban at 517. And together, although we're in our homes, we will pray for peace and harmony 
in South Africa, in our holy land, and throughout the world. The power of Jewish women. The power of prayer. The power of Shabbos candles all together. Added to the power of giving tzedakah. Pledge a donation to any charity you choose and recite Psalm 27. That beautiful psalm that we recite twice a day. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The psalm that we recite from yesterday, the first day of Rosh Chodesh Elul, right through to the end of Sukkot and into Hoshayna Rabbah. That psalm refers to the Lord is my light on the day of Rosh Hashanah, my salvation on the day of Yom Kippur. And he mentions, for you will hide me, he will hide me in his sukkah, in his tabernacle, in his protective space. We will recite that psalm in the tranquility of our own homes just before we light Shabbos candles. And may our united prayers reach heavenward, reach into the heavens, and spread extra light and warmth in all of creation. Do a mitzvah today. Reach out to someone and remind her that candle lighting is 5.33, and today is the national day or international day of Jewish women's prayer. So it is the first of Elul, and we are talking about Rosh Chodesh being Rosh, the head, incorporating or containing all that comes after it. So what makes Elul so special that we want to highlight, we want to incorporate, want to bring into our own lives? So when God created the world, which is in the month of Elul, because from the 25th day of the month of Elul, creation began, and Rosh Hashanah is the anniversary of the creation of man, who is the purpose of creation. <coughs> so on this Rosh Chodesh, something magnificent begins to happen. Yes, we mentioned Psalm 27, and also that we will be reciting three extra psalms per day in order So on the first of Elul today, we will add to whatever we normally say, we'll add Aleph, Bet, Gimel, the first three psalms, and keep going every day with three extra additional psalms in order until we reach Yom Kippur. And on that day, we'll have 36 psalms left, and we will finish the book of psalms by doing nine psalms at four different parts of the day. But in addition to Psalm 27, in addition to the three Psalms, there's something that changes today, and that is a beautiful parable that the first Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe, described. And our Rebbe emphasized that every detail is absolutely true and relevant. And he describes that what happens in Elul is that the king comes into the field. Now, who is the king? What is this all about? And we're speaking about the king of kings. But let's talk about the simple parable. There is a king who lives in the palace, in the city, 
And once a year, the king leaves the palace and comes out into the field. What's a field? A field is a place that is uninhabited. It's a wild place, as it were. It's a place where animals roam, as it were. He comes out into the field, and he's not even dressed in the royal robes. He's dressed in ordinary clothing, and he's accessible to everyone. And the people who live in the field have easy access to him. And not only that, but very importantly, he smiles at everyone. He shows them a friendly face. He wants to connect with them. He's accessible. He shows love. And that love and that smile, the smile that says, I love you, welcomes people to ask for anything that they need or that they want. It's a month before Rosh Hashanah, a whole month beginning with Elul. And it's like, let's visualize a human king. He's not in his city. He's out in the field amongst the people of the field. Who are the people of the field? That's us. Not necessarily so refined, not necessarily so cultured in a spiritual sense. And he looks at each one and he looks at all of them together and he's friendly and he's smiling. And you can see that he loves them. And if the people ask him as one should ask a king, obviously, understanding that the king can fulfill their requests, understanding that the king wants to fulfill their requests, but with great, great respect how you speak to a king, he is ready to fulfill their requests. And afterwards, after this month, where he's come on their ground, and there's been interaction, and there's been loving, gentle, accessible interaction, they follow him afterwards to the city, into the palace, and into his private room. And every detail of this parable, says the Rebbe, is absolutely true. Wherever a Jew is in Elul, at work, wherever he is spiritually, wherever his headspace is, at home, with family, shopping, wherever he might be physically, wherever his mind might be, concerned, depressed, unsure, confused, wherever we might be, any day, ordinary day, Hashem cares. He's with us. And if we just take our request to him, we take one step toward the king. One step means to ask him, to add in prayer, translate our sensitivity and our realization that the king is right here next to me into a request, knowing that the king can and wants to. Amazing things happen. Rosh Chodesh is like the head. It leads all the days of the month, just like the head leads, directs, gives health, vitality to all of the limbs of the body. The head empowers. 
the body to function. This day is all of Elul encapsulated into one day. And it doesn't just mean if you're from or if you're like the guard of the king, the governor of the king, the nobleman of the king, someone who's cultured in a spiritual sense, someone who does all the mitzvahs, someone who knows, someone who studies. Maybe we don't have so many mitzvahs that we can think of, but the answer is we're Hashem's child. We're simple people, but we're his children. In addition to being the king, he's Avinu Malkeinu, our father, the king. He's in the field, he's next to us, but he's smiling. He's present. He's waiting for his children to ask him to recognize that he can, to want something from the king. And it should be something worthy, of course, but even if it's just something ordinary. And what does he do? He fulfills it, the simcha, with great, great joy. This is a time for us to meet the king. He's here, face to face, but not just any face, a shining face, a smiling face. And he's asking, what do you need? What's missing in your life? What do you want? We must use this opportunity. We must spread the word. Let's tell people that people should speak to Hashem and people should ask Hashem, no matter what the position. And Hashem listens to us and he listens with love and with a smile and he makes us happy. He eases the pain in our life. He fills the voids in our life. He clarifies the confusion in our life. This is the month of Melech Basadeh. We should trust him. He is trustworthy. There's no question that he can give us everything and anything that we need, things we don't even know about. Why? Because he is our father, he's our creator, he's our king, and not just a flesh and blood king. He's our spiritual king, our emotional king, our mental king, our physical king, our social king. He knows what's going on with us. In fact, a lot of it, he has directed. Ninety-some percent, it's a given. And although our reaction might not have been as befits the child of a king. We are royal. And this is a time for us to remember who we are, why we're here in this world. We are here to make this world a dwelling place for the king himself. And so this month highlights our power, God-given power. And that's why Elul, Elul is an acronym it's an acrostic for the words Ani Lidodi Vidodi Li. I belong to my beloved, and my beloved belongs to me. We have a relationship. And it also means Ani Lidodi, this is the time for me to reach out to my beloved. Vidodi Li and my beloved will certainly respond to me. But it's up to me. 
However, everything in this world has already been set into motion. The stage has been set by Hashem himself. So he comes into the field first. He's here. He's waiting. He's accessible. He's friendly. He's loving. So before even Anila Dodi, it's like Dodi Li. There are two psukim in Shir Hashirim, and we've mentioned them. And the one says, my beloved reaches out to me, and I respond to him. The other one says, I reach out to my beloved, and my beloved responds to me. But we never just have to initiate. Hashem has given us so much in terms of the energy of the time, in terms of our history, in terms of what he gives us every single day in terms of our abilities. So really, it's Dodi Li way before it's Anila Dodi. And classically, and historically, it began Pesach time, when Anila, when Dodi Li, when Hashem came and helped us in Egypt and uplifted us out of Egypt. And that's called, it was a time of love. Et Dodim. It was like Hashem was knocking, let me in. Kol dodi dofek, pitrili. He woke us up. He made us remember. He took us out of our pain and our slavery, which wasn't just physical. Our coarseness. We're so similar at that time, most of us, to our host society. And then... Having set this whole stage and giving us, given us his mitzvahs and shown us so many miracles in the desert. We're coming further and further on the journey together. And then, as mentioned, we transgressed with the golden calf, which is a whole discussion on its own. The golden calf in our days. And that discussion obviously is that we worship gold. We forget about the the eternal gold, diamonds, jewels that spirituality is. And we end up chasing after and worshipping, as it were, and making central in our lives gold, materialism. But then we move beyond that. What's more precious is connection to Hashem. It's more fulfilling. It's more long-lasting. It's eternal. And that's what this is all about. So after Hashem has Dodili reached out to us, and he reaches out on a moment-to-moment basis and filled us with so much, it is time for Anila Dodi. He just wants something from us. And when we give him that, the most amazing, amazing cycle of events unfolds. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker. I'm back with you here on High FM. And we've been speaking that this is a powerful day of a powerful month where the king is in the field, where the gates of mercy are open, where Hashem is so accessible and friendly and close and wanting to help us and fulfill all our requests. And the question will be, what should I ask for? 
I think the greatest thing to ask for will be that we should be able to understand our own power and ability to be able to take responsibility, to be able to be joyous with our mission in life, to be able to embrace and connect with those around us, to be empowered to take a step forward, include another mitzvah, include another person in my life. The mitzvahs are incredible. Torah study, a little more of that. And it's everywhere. It's on your WhatsApp. For At the press of a button, you could be learning every day. It's on Zooms. More Torah input. Add to prayer. An extra psalm. Add a coin to tzedakah. Pick up the phone to someone and bring sunshine to their life. The amazing thing about these actions is... They help us to have a clear mind and a sensitive heart. And the Parsha that we read this week is a Parsha about leadership. And the leadership that's being emphasized is a leadership on every single level. We had, we would have in the land of Israel, says Moshe, judges, and we would have Kohanim, and we would have kings, and we would have prophets, and each of them are only there to make us closer to Hashem. When we see the dignity, the royalty, the awe of heaven displayed by a true judge, Kohen, king, prophet, by the way they love and they care for the people, how much they love Hashem and care about the details of what He wants. This can only make us feel closer to Hashem. Because when we see royalty in this world, it gives us an inkling of what God's royalty is all about. But we also have leadership that we have to exercise within ourselves. Not only as leaders in our family or community, but leaders within ourselves to make good decisions. There are things we have to decide all the time about our attitudes, about our speech. And sometimes Hashem puts us into very difficult situations where it's hard to do God's will. What's God's will? God's will is that we be happy. God's will is that we fill our days productively with mitzvahs, with growth, with Torah study, both for ourselves and sharing it, with prayer, both for ourselves and to pray for others and to share the power of prayer with others, with mitzvahs, with uplifting others, with doing mitzvahs, with recognizing God in daily life by saying the Moda'ani, that's the first reference to a king. We call Hashem a king as we wake up in the morning. And then there's a beautiful pasuk in this week's parsha, which perhaps is the underlying message, which will help us tremendously in everything. Because often, We can doubt ourselves. We can doubt our ability to change. And the pasuk is, 
be wholehearted with God, which basically means don't think you know better. Not easy these days with COVID-19, whatever that means, that dirty word, the coronavirus, the confusion, the tumult, the hurricane, the devastation, and the changes that the world is going through and that some of us might be going through, the pain, the loss, the bewilderment. We've lost our signposts, our structures. Trust him. It might look like a disaster, but it isn't. How do we know? Because God directs his world. And Hashem never makes us go through anything that's too difficult for us. As the Gemara says, God never comes with, unexpe- with unreasonable demands of his creatures. And we can wonder, I'm not sure about this situation. How am I meant to react? I'm not too sure. What do I do then? Because really, we are not too sure how to react. We must pray to Hashem that he help us. If Hashem wants us in a particular situation, he knows we're only human. He knows we can't see very deeply. We want to make sure that we understand the message. Trust him. First of all, that's a given. You just need to know. And secondly, call on him. Because if from our side, we turn to him to enlist his help, to call on him, and we quiet those internal voices that say, oh, it's not like that, or you'll never change. What's this Elul? And from the world, people are saying, you're going to change. You'll never change. If Hashem has put us into it, then he will move things around amazingly with divine providence to ensure that we have all that we need in our minds, in our hearts, in our lives, to deal successfully with our life's challenges. So I'm going to share a story, and then I have a surprise for you. The story is, I heard it this week, a beautiful story about Rabbi Glukowski's, I think, great-grandmother. And this lady, a fine Jewish woman, lived at the beginning of the 1900s, And how happy she was to get married at a very young age to a wonderful man. And they were so happy together. She got married earlier than all her friends. Wow. Mazel tov. But then one year passed and another and no child was born to them. And she was very sad. And then her friends started to get married. And she still didn't have a child. And then her friends started to have babies. And they still didn't have a child. And the sorrow and the pain and the bewilderment and the sense of Hashem has forgotten me. Azovani Hashem. And then after many, many years, like seven years of marriage, she had a son. And after that, three more boys. So she had these four little boys. And of course, her life became busy and full. And as the children were starting to grow up, First World War broke out. 
World War One. And the children of her friends, some of them were old enough to be drafted. Some were sent away and never heard of again. And hers were too young to be drafted. And for the rest of her life, she said, had I known in those seven years that Hashem was actually protecting me, I would have danced in joy those seven years. I didn't see it. I should have trusted Hashem that he only does good and that he loves me so much. I would have been dancing instead of being upset and bringing an environment of upset. And you all know what I'm talking about. How many of us in a situation where things are dark or look dark, forget that Hashem is loving. He's a loving father. I'm now going to ask my special granddaughter, who is still here from Mauritius, to tell you what she thinks about all this. Sarah, what do you think about all this? Since uh, six years ago, we've been here. Six how what? Years. Months. months. Six months. So you've been here six months? Wow. Did you expect to be here so long? No. So tell us. It started when my mother and sister went to get meat for the community. But then um, the first case of coronavirus came to Mauritius. And then... Um, and then my there was a flight there were a few flights going out. My father took me, my brother and himself and we went to on to the next flight. We came back to South we came to South Africa. We our whole family was reunited. But um we keep we came into a group to go home. But um since a few times we've kept going going to um we were going looking forward but then it went off a few times already how did that make you feel very very sad really you want to go home yes you really do but what do you understand now from our discussion and your discussion with your parents Hashem runs the world and he never brings a sickness without a cure Wow. So meanwhile, you're going to be happy being here until the moment that we get to go back home. We wish everybody a ksiva v'chasim wherever they are. And may Hashem hear our prayers and take us all home with Mashiach. Amen.